I'm going to give you a text. shouldn't be too unfamiliar because we've touched on it here and there, especially going through the book of Revelation. Like the book of Revelation, many see this as history. Many theologians look at this as we're going to Ezekiel 1 to begin with. And from there, we're going to go to Ezekiel 10, Lord willing. But the theologians all just about that I've read and studied believe that this was giving the history of the bondage of Israel when God gave them over because of their sin and their idolatry to Nebuchadnezzar and everything that passed from there in the 70 years of desolation. Now, just like the book of Revelation, we can see history in this, and we can certainly do that. But the law and the prophets were until John. This is a book of prophecy. This is a book of Jesus Christ. The law and the prophets were until John because Christ came. John was the forerunner. Christ came into the world and finished the work the Father gave Him to do in saving His people from their sins. So we're going to look at this, Lord willing, in types and shadows and give you a beautiful picture of our Savior. It came to pass, now it came to pass the 30th year in the fourth month, verse 1, Ezekiel 1, and the fifth day of the month as I was among the captives. See, they're already held captive. So this to me cannot be prophesying of the coming captivity because they're already in captive. Daniel was already alive. Daniel was already in the bondage of Babylon when this book was written. They're there by the river of Shabar, and here's the glory of God and the comfort He gives us, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. There is our Deliverer. There is our Savior, Christ, God manifest in the flesh, yet to come, Daniel, in type and shadows prophesying of our coming Savior. What peace we have in that. What joy. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, remember the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel 1, I believe. The Word of the Lord came expressly. Understand that? Let's begin dispelling false doctrine right there. Ezekiel had nothing to do with this. It was given expressly to him and no one else there by God in heaven who opened a door in heaven and revealed the Lord Jesus Christ unto him. We see the same thing in the book of Revelation. John said a window was opened in heaven. This knowledge comes from God. It came to one man here in this text among all the captives in Babylon. It came expressly only to Ezekiel. God reveals Himself to whom He pleases. In the fifth day of the month, the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the Word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzai, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. What a fearful place to be. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. To stand in awe of His righteousness, His power, and His might, and have the grace of God in Jesus Christ revealed unto you. What a fearful place to be. What a precious place to be. 
And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. I'm going to try to go through this brief enough to get to the 10th chapter. But I want you to pay attention to the pictures of Christ and realize the work that Christ has done in the world for us and in eternity. And I look and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. We have the nation of Judea, of what was left of the nation of Israel, Israel long gone in the northern countries. We have Judea. There we have the so-called church. That was not the church. That was law. The church was grace. But nonetheless, it was the kingdom of God keeping the law service before the captivity that God had given them to keep for His purpose. That was gone. But Ezekiel saw a whirlwind. We talk about the tornadoes going through Kentucky. That's a whirlwind. And I don't say that lightly. And I don't believe God sent that tornado. That's a fact of nature. Weather changed when Adam sinned. And it began to rain. And all these things were changed. Until that day, the earth was watered by mist from the earth. You get my point. The storms come from sin, from our actions all the way back to Adam. But there's a whirlwind that came. The whirlwind is going to shake things up. We see in Revelation where the moon was turned into blood and and a great earthquake and all of the law of service would be fulfilled and done away with. There would be no more God raising it, R-A-Z-I-N-G, completely to the ground in the city of Jerusalem. But this whirlwind coming is showing us Christ. It's showing us the fulfillment of the law to a jot and a tittle and the establishment of the church of grace and the revelation of Jesus Christ as God sends His Spirit expressly to each child of God whom the Son of Man will quicken daily and give them the understanding by writing His law upon their hearts. Now, this great cloud, here's this tornado, is coming from the north. Where had Israel settled and began to lose their identity? In the north. Samaria, Assyria, taking upon themselves the identity of the Gentiles around them. Yet God would bring them back. And God would bring in His elect among the Gentiles. But this cloud is coming from the north. A great cloud and a fire enfolding itself. I've told you this several times, and I'm going to bring it to your memory. If you build a fire, the coals burn from the inside out. You sit and watch a campfire my entire childhood. I still love to sit around and watch a fire. The coals burn and change color and glow from the inside, and they burn out. And eventually, it may be a a day, a night, it may be a week, Eventually, those coals burn out and that fire will be dead. This fire that Ezekiel saw, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the express image of God, who's the brightness of His glory, shows this fire, this coal, burning not from the inside out. It will not burn out. It will never burn out. It is the eternal glory of the eternal God and the eternal Christ. Okay, The living Word of God who was made flesh. Now, this fire burns from the outside in. 
It's forever there. It's forever, if I can use the expression for lack of a better one, it's forever feeding and fueling itself. It's burning from the outside in. It always burns. The coals will never die. The glory of God will never die. It will never fade. It will never weaken. Ezekiel is seeing this in the revelation of the Son of God. He's expressing this in great imagery as John did in Revelation. And a brightness was about it. The brightness of the glory of God. The brightness of His righteousness, whiter than any light, any white, whiter than the snow. Pure, pure righteousness in the glory of God, which was returned to Him when He ascended back into glory. A brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof is the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. So you see Ezekiel is seeing the glory of God in this imagery. As Christ Jesus came into the world to do away with the first covenant, to establish the second, and to save His people from their sins. And all this is the will of the Father. Let's prove that in just a moment. Also, out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. Now you grasp a hold of that because they're alive. They're not dead. We're begotten again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That stone was rolled away. Our Savior is alive. He will never die again. And because of Him, we have a life with Him to where we will never die. Out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. This is going to describe a cherub. We will cover that in chapter 10. And everyone had four faces. I was thinking yesterday coming home, I live a peaceful life, I'm happy. God blesses me richly. I have peace in my heart from Him. Peace from myself. I have peace with Him. But every time I drive through Birmingham on the freeway, I get tense. That fast lane, fast living, all that I did there for 20 years, a week and a day. I get tense. And coming back through yesterday with Linda, the thought hit me of the two hats that I wore. The hat of a police officer and the hat, hopefully, of a minister. You remember the movie The Searchers with John Wayne? Just to draw you a picture of this. There was Ward Bond. He was a Texas Ranger captain, but he's also a minister. Which hat was he wearing? You wear two hats. This is an example of what is being given to us here. Every one of these creatures had four faces. There are four works, four faces revealed to us in Christ Jesus and the work that He did. And we'll see another face in chapter 10 which is different from one of the faces here. And their feet were straight feet. Christ came into the world to do the Father's will. I said this last week, I believe. Everything He did, everything He said, every step He took was in the Father's will for the Father's purpose. 
There was nothing done in vain or vanity. There was nothing done in foolishness. He was about his father's business. Everything he did. This creature has straight feet. Walking straight in the will of God. Which is why we see in Matthew 7... That we're to, the, the way to life, temporally speaking, in this world, it's a straight gate, it's narrow, we are to walk in the straightness of it. And although we fail constantly, Christ, without sin, walked a straight line in the will of God. His feet were straight, feet are their feet. And the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot. You remember Revelation 4? Looking at the cherub there. And we see that he also had straight feet. And you're going to see a beast over there. Now, in Revelation 4, that is a picture of the ministry, okay? There are different creatures there. Let me put my handkerchief there and go back and forth for just a moment. And I've got to be brief to get through this unless we're going to continue it. But their feet were straight feet and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot. This is Christ. This is an image of Christ. Very gently, as he rode into Jerusalem on the coal, the foal of an ass. Philippians 2, he lowered himself to the death of the cross. This is the King of glory who laid the glory of the Godhead aside. He did not come as was expected by the religious elite among the Jews, he did not come with an army and destroy and conquer, He humbly came to do the Father's will. He laid down His life for His sheep. He was very, very gentle. That's why God said, Deuteronomy, my doctrine shall drop as the dew very gently upon the earth. He's straight in the work of God. He's got a fit like a calf. You ever watched a newborn calf walk? How they tiptoe? How gentle they are when they move when they're born. And they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. Back to Revelation 1, somewhere around verse 18, we see the color of His feet as He walked through the fire suffering great affliction for the children of God. Suffering our affliction. Dying our death. Bearing our sin. And they had the hands of a man. Here's the Son of Man. The Son of God. The living Word of God. All man, all God, verily man, verily God. But yet here is the work of the Son of Man. Here is the work Christ did when He bore the likeness of sinful flesh to save His people from their, hand, from their sins. And they had the hands of a man under their wings, on their four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. Now here come their faces. Their wings were joined one to another. Everything He did was in one work. It was one work. They were joined together. They turned not when they went. They went straight forward in the purpose of God. They went every one straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man. There is the Son of Man who was also the Son of God born of the Virgin Mary. They had the face of a lion. There is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We see in Revelation 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the fearless, 
fierce lion of the tribe of Judah who would destroy all of his enemies in his death, burial, and resurrection as a man. That's on the right side. And they forehead the face of an ox on the left side. The ox is here. We get to chapter 10. He's going to be replaced because the work is finished. Here in Ezekiel 10, here in Ezekiel 1, we see the face of an ox. The ox pulls the cart. The ox bears the load. The ox does the work. Our Savior carried the load. Our Savior did the work. Our Savior bore our sin. There's the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. High and lifted up. He said in Isaiah 46, about verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning. Did not say that he saw the end from the beginning. Oh, yes, he foresaw it. Yes, he did. Because he declared it in the covenant made between the Godhead before the foundation of the world, declaring the end from the beginning. He said, My counsel shall stand. Period. That's an affirmative that cannot be broken. This is the creature that represents Christ. These were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward to heaven. Two wings of every one were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies. Two covered their bodies. Let me give you something to think about with that. The Son of God laid aside the glory of the Godhead. We've mentioned this many times. God drove Adam from the Garden of Eden there. God in Christ pre-incarnate had walked with Adam. He had seen Him with His eyes. He was driven from the Garden. He was driven from the presence of God because He sinned. If He had stayed and lived forever in that condition, He would have been consumed because our God is a consuming fire. Christ is our God manifest in the flesh. Therefore, Christ laid aside the glory of the Godhead and came to this world to save us because He loved us. The wings covered His bodies, their bodies. And they went, all four of them, just as the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost in complete unison and complete agreement, they went straight forward. Whither the Spirit was to go. Christ. Christ. There baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist and the Spirit descending on Him in fullness. The Spirit of God was upon Him the entire time. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, where it led Him, where the Father sent Him, He was to go. They went and they turned not when they went. He didn't turn for emotion. He didn't turn for hunger. He didn't turn from fear of the death which He would suffer upon the cross. This man who would suffer for us went straight forward in the work of God. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire. Back to chapter 4, verse 4. The glory of God. And like the appearance of lamps, light 
shining in darkness. Christ, the light that lights the life of men. The light that drives the darkness of our soul away. Darkness cannot defeat light. Light a match and darkness is gone where that match burns. It went up and down among the living creatures. And the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. The fire was bright. Moses came upon the mount that burned with fire and was not consumed. God spoke to him there in one place that says the angel that was Christ. There's no way to know God. There's no way to hear God. There's no way to even have any knowledge of or existence of God except in Christ. So Christ spoke to him out of the bush. He was bright. Moses fell upon his face as he was told, Loose thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest was holy ground. I'm going to tell you, holy ground is not just that place where Moses stood upon the mountain. The holy ground is when we stand with Christ. Or really yet when Christ stands with us. And out of the fire went forth lightning. Exodus 20, when the children of Israel gathered below the mount, and the lightnings of fire and the thunders when God came down upon the mount, how did He come? In Christ. Again, there's no way to know God or see God or even realize what He's doing except in Christ. Now as I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with His four faces. Okay. There is a wheel upon the earth. Briefly mentioned this yesterday during the wedding. Very briefly. Weddings are short. In a wedding, the ring is meant to be a symbol of an everlasting love as long as time exists. This ring... This circle, this wheel, doesn't have a beginning, doesn't have an end. It just keeps going. It circles, it circles, it circles. This wheel is upon the earth. This wheel, as we go through these next few verses, will reveal unto us the work that Christ came into the world. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. This is the work that God the Father gave God the Son, the living Word of God, to do in this world. It is everlasting. It never had a beginning. The covenant was made in eternity. Eternity has no beginning nor an end. God is eternal. The Godhead is eternal. Genesis 1, let us, Father, Word, Holy Ghost, make man in our image. All three eternal. So this work that Christ has done in the world is eternal. It's not just here. We're redeemed here, as Paul said, if we have hope in this world only, we're of men most miserable. It's eternal. It carries with us when we leave this body. It carries with us, rather, carries us into heaven above. 
One Isaiah beheld the living creatures. Behold, one wheel upon the earth and by the living creatures. The wheel is by the cherub that represents Christ. And I'm going to go ahead and say this now and tell you before I forget it. A cherub. What is a cherub? Let's go to the first mention. Genesis. When God drove out the man because of sin, He placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubs with flaming swords. The sword of flame brings to mind the glory of the Almighty God that we see in Christ, but the cherub itself is a creature which guards the treasure of God. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Thou was perfect in thy ways until iniquity was found in thee. Speaking of Satan in Ezekiel 28, beginning about verse 10 or 11, Satan was created as a treasure of God's people, yet in his vanity he sinned and was cast forth. That's why Jesus said, I beheld, past tense, Satan, his fire fall from heaven, Eden. But now, but now, making the point of what a cherub is, we see upon the mercy seat, the two cherubs, one representing the Son of Man, one representing the Son of God, pure gold, the pure righteousness of God, They're set upon the mercy seat, above yet upon it, and they're guarding the testimony, the testament of God that represents God's people that He wrote upon their heart. His law in Christ is our cherub in the mercy of God. So this cherub is a guard of God's treasure, and this cherub represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures, the cherub with his four faces, all the four works of Christ that are revealed to us here. The faces, the hats we wear, the appearance of the wheels, and their work was like under the color of a barrel, and they four had one likeness, Christ. And their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. So you've got a wheel upon the earth, a circle that never ends, which is revealing unto us the finished work of Christ in this world. And you've got a, it's inside of another wheel, which teaches us that if it's going to fit in another wheel, the other wheel has got to be larger, if you please, let me use this example, than the wheel which is within it. Common sense teaches that. What we see in the inner wheel is the finished work of Christ that Ezekiel is seeing in these cherubs and the work which He would do. And the outer wheel, the outer ring which never ends, has no beginning and has no end, is the eternal purpose of God in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3 from before the foundation of time and the world itself. This is revealed unto Ezekiel and expressly to him. Don't think God won't bless one man. Expressly to him. And don't think one man can't give hope and peace to the church of God as God used each of these prophets to give to us. You want to talk about age? Moses was 80 years old when God sent him to deliver his people. 
The appearance of wheels and their work was likened to the color of a barrel, and they forehead one likeness, and their appearance was as their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not when they went. Straight forward. Christ and the work of God. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful. Higher than the heavens are above the earth, past the heaven of our atmosphere, the heaven of space, the heaven of stars, and billions of planets and universes and stars beyond that in the heaven of heavens. That high. When they went... They turned up when they went as for the rings. They were so high that they were dreadful. And the rings were full of eyes, the ever-seeing eyes of God, back to Revelation 4, the all-knowing God, omniscience, knows all things, all thoughts, all intents of the heart, even the very hairs of your head, knows everyone by name, even named all the stars in the sky by the billions. Okay, This is our God who saved us. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. He was taken up in a cloud, a cloud of witness. If all the host of heaven was there when He was born, and all the host of heaven will be here to return when He returns, Why would it be any different than when He was received up in the heaven in a cloud that it was not a cloud of witness and every creature in heaven was there to receive Him out of the sight? He was taken up. These creatures were lifted up from the earth. He was lifted up on the cross. And He was received back into glory. Where this creature was lifted up, the work of God. It says in one place, speaking about the people of old and their works followed them. Well, the work of Christ doesn't just follow Him. It precedes Him. It is with Him. It is in Him. Whithersoever the Spirit was to go, they went. The Spirit of God leading. This is the creatures representing Christ, the cherub. And the work, the wheels were lifted up over against them for the spirit of the living creature, the spirit of Christ, was in the wheels. When those went, these went. When those stood, these stood. Where Christ went, the Spirit went. Where the Spirit went, the creatures went. The work went. It's all together. It's all Christ. Nothing else but Christ and Him crucified. And when those were lifted up in the earth, the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the Spirit of the living creature was in the wheels, the work of God in the wheels. The Spirit was in the work of God. And the likeness of the firmament, this is where heaven above is, beyond all creation, upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal. Where is that? Remember that? Revelation 4, a great crystal sea before the throne of God declaring the end of time and into eternity from the beginning of time. Determining the salvation of His people for the glory of His Son, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of living creatures is that the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above heaven and mortal. And under the firmament 
where their wings straight, the one toward the other, everyone had two which covered on this side, and everyone had two which covered on that side their bodies, and when they went, I heard the noise of their wings. Where have we heard this before? Revelation 1. Like the noise of great waters, the voice of God. As the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, giving understanding to His children, giving revelation to His children. As the noise of an host, the Lord God of hosts, Creator of all things. When they stood, they let down their wings. And there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads and let down their wings. And now here's I'm gonna finish very quickly with this chapter with this. From twenty six and twenty seven and twenty eight. Above the firmament, the likeness of a throne, this is Christ, as the appearance of a sapphire stone, the likeness was the likeness as the appearance of a man. This is the Son of Man. King of kings, Lord of His lords, the color of amber, the appearance of fire, the glory of God from the appearance of His loins even upward, and from the appearance of His loins even downward. I saw as it were the appearance of fire, the glory of God. Our God is a consuming fire, and it had brightness round about it. Watch this as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud. When God flooded the earth and God delivered Noah, God set His bow in the cloud. It was, it's, it's a hump. It's a bow. You know what a bow is? It was a sign of the covenant that God would never flood the earth like that and destroy everything that had the breath of life in it from off the earth again. This is a sign of the eternal covenant, the bow in the air, the bow in the sky, the glory of God, Father, Word, Holy Ghost, made before the foundation of the world. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so is the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. Christ is the glory of God. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face Lord, help us. And I heard a voice of one that spake. Bear that in mind. I'm jumping forward to the 10th chapter. Maybe this pray the Lord will get through this enough to understand it. Plain and simple. The same Ezekiel, then I looked. And behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims, what were we just talking about? There appeared over them as it were a sapphire stone. Does that sound familiar? Exodus 24 and 10. Moses, Aaron, Abihu, uh, the sons of Aaron went up upon the mount and they saw the God of Israel. And He was riding upon a sapphire stone, a work of pavement. Here, Ezekiel is comparing to the same revelation of Jesus Christ. The same yesterday and today and forever. As the appearance of the likeness of a throne. And He spake unto the man clothed with linen. Who is the man clothed with linen? Back up one chapter. 
We're talking about in chapter 9 the judgment upon the non-elect, the wicked, who were of the nation of Israel that had perverted and corrupted the way of God. And God is going to judge them. He did here. He has many times. And He will on the last day. So He cried also in mine ears with a loud voice saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near even every man with a destroying weapon in his hand. That kind of refutes the idea of a little pretty blonde-haired angel with a halo and a heart, does it not? You won't find that in Scripture. The only two times that a woman or a female is mentioned and represents something as an angel in the book of Zechariah, and both of them are pagan idols. These are men. They've got a destroying weapon in their hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate. This is chapter 9, two, 9 and verse 2. Which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand, and one man among them was clothed with linen. Here's the man with linen. Where are we at? The man with linen in chapter 10. This linen is for kings. Christ is our King. This text is about deliverance. This text is about Christ delivering His people. There's a reason Christ hanged between two men on the cross. He separated His people from the wicked of the world. Six men came from the way of the higher gate. They had a slaughtering weapon in their hand. Here comes a man clothed with linen and a rider's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar and the glory of God, of the God of Israel, was gone up from the cherub. Here's the cherub again. Whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. This is the household of Jerusalem. This is a type of the church of God with a writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, you can find this also in Revelation. My mind goes to seven, I believe. Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst of it, midst thereof. These were men and women, mankind created of God, that mourned the shape of Jerusalem, that mourned their sin, that mourned their captivity, that looked for the Messiah, that looked for a Savior. They are basically, to say it plain, born again children of God living among the wicked. Set a mark upon My people so they won't be hurt. And go ye after... Go through the city, slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. Watch this. And begin at my sanctuary, the leaders of Israel. Can we go to the New Testament and think about the scribes and the Pharisees and their self-righteousness? Now, back to 10. i got to hurry. And He spake of the man clothed with linen. Go in between the wheels. In between the work of God. 
temporally and eternal, even under the cherub, Christ, and fill thine hand with coals of fire, the glory of God, from between the cherubims, and scatter them over the city, and they went in my sight. Okay, let's think briefly about that. It's another day's preaching, but we're going to do it brief. The coals of fire, the glory of God. God sent them to destroy the wicked. God is glorified in that. When those men that rebelled against God and stood in unbelief and were not of the elect of God, although they were of Israel, who said, let us make gods, when God had just delivered them from the Egyptians and parted the Red Sea, they had to die. They couldn't enter in the promised land. They, God's people who were believers were delivered in that temporally. And God was justified. When Christ appears in His glory, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, His sheep to the wicked depart from me into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, God will be glorified. Christ will be glorified. As He was in this. Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house when the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. i got to hurry. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub, from, from the cherub, the picture of Christ, and stood over the threshold of the house. And the house was filled with the cloud, and the house was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. The Lord glorifying His Son and His work and His deliverance of His people from the wicked. And the sound of the cherubim's wings were heard even to the outer court. The voice of God extending not just from the Holy of Holies, not just in the holy place, not just in the inner court, but all the way out to the outer court. You know, Herod had a sign put on the front of the temple. Gentiles could not enter. Paul brought a Gentile in. They accused him of blasphemy. God brought His elect among the Gentiles in. It was heard out into the outer court. And it came to pass that when He had commanded the man clothed with linen, a type of Christ, saying, take fire from between the wheels, from between the cherubims. Then He went in and stood beside the wheels. Christ standing there in the work of God, in the temporal world where His work here was finished, in the eternal world where we will stand with Him in eternal glory and see Him as He is. And there appeared in the cherubims the form of a man's hand. There's the work of the Son of Man under their wings. And when I looked, behold, the four wheels by the cherubims, one wheel by one cherub, another wheel by another cherub, each different face's work. And the appearance of the wheels was the color of a barrel stone. God was glorified and is and will be. 
And as for their appearances, they four had the likeness as if a wheel had been in the midst of a wheel, temporal work, eternal purpose. When they went, they went upon their four sides. They turned not as they went, but to the place whither the head looked, they followed it. Again, I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Where the Father sent Him, He went and He finished. He did that work. You have eternal life. If you love God, He loved you first. If there's goodness in a man, He is God's because men by nature are depraved and cannot turn from sin. God gives that. When they went, they went upon their four sides. They turned not as they went, but to the place whither the head looked, they followed it and turned not as they went. All the work of God, all the work of Christ. And their whole body and their backs and their hands and their wings and the wheels were full of eyes round about the all-seeing omniscience of God and the wheel, even the wheels that they four had. As for the wheels, it was cried unto them my hearing, O wheel. And every one had four faces. Now watch this. The first face was the face of a cherub. This replaces... It doesn't do away with it. It shows a different picture of the ox. Okay, The work of the ox is finished. It is finished. John 19.30 He carried the load. He hanged upon the cross. He bore our sins. His body became sin for us. Here, that face is replaced with a cherub. Because with that work finished, with that work completed, He does not have to do it again. He will never enter into this earth again to establish a church and a kingdom. It's here today. He's a cherub. What does a cherub do? He guards the treasure house of God. You are a peculiar people. You're a treasure to God. You're His seed, the seed of Christ. Christ is your cherub. Christ protects you. The second face was the face of a man, the son of man. The third face, the face of a lion. And the fourth face, the face of an eagle. And the cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the river Chabar. Christ was lifted up. I've already said upon the cross. I've already said received back into the heavens. He's lifted up. He's at the right hand of the majesty on high where He forever maketh intercession for the saints. And when the cherubims went, the wheels went by them. The work went with Him. (laughs) You know the only thing in this world, according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, the only thing that's going to be carried from this world to glory, now the church is certainly, but the only thing that's going to go from here to glory is love, charity. Love. Christ's love. His work is with Him. His great love, an everlasting love. Then the glory of the Lord departed from off the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubims. Christ is glorified. He was hanged. He was lifted up upon the cross. He came forth from the grave, lifted up from death. 
and ascended to the right hand of the majesty on high. And the cherubims lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wheels also were beside them, and every one stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house. The east gate. The gate of light, where the light comes from the east. Christ. And the glory of the God of Israel was over them there. For whom He did foreknow, them He also did predestinate to be conformed to Him as His Son, the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. Whom He called, them He also justified. And here's my point. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. We will stand in a glorified body in that day of the resurrection in the image of Christ, righteous. But child of God, you read this. As we live in the church, the glory of God is over us. The glory of God is above us. We shine by God's work, by God's love, nothing we had to do with it, all to the glory of the Son of God. But we shine in the glory of God amongst a crooked and perverse generation. This is the living creature that I saw under Christ as He came to this world, laid the glory of the Godhead aside, under the God of Israel by the river of Shabar, even in bondage. Do you realize that when we live in this world and we suffer affliction, we hate it and the wicked rule our land and the wicked rule this world and Satan runs rampant with all the hatred and all the evil that goes on in this world. <laughs> the Lord our God is with us. He's always with us. He cannot forsake us, nor leave us, nor forsake us. Everyone had four faces, everyone had four wings, and the likeness of the hands of a man, Christ, Jesus, the man, was under their wings. And the likeness of their faces was the same faces that I saw by the river of Chabar there in bondage. Their appearances and themselves, they went every one of them straight forward. They went straight forward. They finished the work the Father gave them to do. We serve a risen Savior. We have salvation in eternity, bought, paid for, recorded in Christ. Yes, recorded. Your name is written in His hand. It is recorded on the hand of God. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be erased. And oh, what a great God we serve as we stand in His glory in this world in the assembly of the saints turning aside from all things of the world to try, to try, again to try to glorify our Savior.